Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. I'm Mark Halpin. I'm Michael Dwyer. Yes, that sound quality that you're listening to on your device is clearer. We're here in person. Mark Halpin recently surprised everyone by coming home and joining the feast that is the delivery of furniture across South Wicklow and Wharton Wexford. Mark, how does it feel to be home? It's good to be back. Yeah? It is good to be back. Furniture just was crying out for it. You could smell the varnish as you were milking the cattle out in Australia and you knew, I need to be home. I could, I could. I've been flat out working out since I come back, so I might just buy a return ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, Parish of the Week this week comes from the Irish News and Father Colm Wright up in Lurgan County Armagh, he really pulled it out of the bag this week, Mark. They did the Seven Steps Irish Dancing at the end of Mass and it went down a treat. Their online Masses have been going down well in as many as 83 countries. So it's no surprise really that this week's Parish of the Week is Lurgan County Armagh. Well done to the Mark. Communion, confession and a Kaylee, Michael. I think they're well deserved. <laughs> Three in one. Yeah. And then you might get, go to the Ming after for four one or five. <laughs> oh, new. Um, yeah, it's well done to them. It's uh, it's a tough call every week deciding on the parish of the week. But, you know, the Northerners, they know what to do, you know. They're kind of consistently winning. They are. The <laughs> we'll move on, I suppose, to the Fermanagh Herald. And Sinn Féin councillor, councillor Anthony Feely, right, Mark? Mm. He was bullied as a child owing to uh, the reason that he grew up in England. So his accent was different. And this, he brought this up at a discussion at the council meeting on how best to support the cause of George Floyd. I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it is. Like, to compare his circumstance to what's going on in America at the minute and being English in Ireland is not the same as the oppression of the police of black people in America. That's a fair contrast, yeah, yeah. And also the fact that he's from Fermanagh, you know, it's a small county, you know, I don't think they have the same widespread problems of 50 states sprawled across this huge mass of area with varying political views, you know. It's Fermanagh, Mark. A few parishes here, there. Yeah. Not distant Fermanagh, but... No, yeah, definitely. Mm. I, don't, uh, I don't agree with that, no. Is it a stretch to say he's getting the feels? He's getting the feels, Anthony Feely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark, Carlo Nationalist, big news here. Spending a penny is now far more expensive. The charge has gone up to 50 cent. Disgraceful. It was 25 cent. One councillor there, Fergal Brown, described it as unacceptable. If nature calls, you have to answer. And this is a big change for the three public toilets that are located in Carlo. How do you feel about this one? I'm upset. Really? I'm not happy with this one, Michael. No, I read this article and I found my cause. I feel like everyone needs a purpose. Everyone needs something to work towards. Our guest this week does a lot of conservation workshops, feels passionately about this. This is something I feel passionately about. Being a man with a small bladder myself, I have had many journeys on Metro Bus where I need to go to the toilet and there's no toilet. If I get off the bus and I need to go to the toilet, say in Gory, where am I going to go? Yeah. I don't have change. I, everything's no. my card. Can you pay for these toilets by card? I don't think so. No. 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 So I am going to start a protest where I am going to start wetting myself. <laughs> okay. Just anywhere. Yeah, Rather so than... I'm putting out a call here with this podcast okay. for the socially conscious and socially aware <laughs> to start wetting themselves. I'm stuck between slogans at the minute, so I'll put this out to our listeners. I'm going to release t-shirts. That's I'm where you go with it. It has to be mugs and t-shirts. Yeah, mugs and t-shirts. And at the minute I'm stuck between pissed off but pissing on. <laughs> or not going with the flow. <laughs> Not going with the flow. I like that one. I like that one, Mark. 
Um, you know, one man that wasn't going with the flow with Council Fergal Brown's view was the director of services in Carlo. He said that, in a, if anything, they were trying to make it easier for people and they were choosing one coin instead of having to fish out two coins to use it, you know, because there isn't a 25 cent coin. Do you know what Councillor Brown answered with? Mm. Why don't you just go with 20 cent then? There we go. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more point, I suppose, Mark. Isn't it interesting how a vote wasn't called on this major issue? You know, it was just, that's it then. Councillor Virgil has had his views. Yeah. All right. Next on the agenda. What have we next up? Uh, I don't know what you'd have next after public toilets on the agenda. Where can you go from here, Mark? <laughs> I, I have a big problem with poetry this week. A horrible big problem. Poems don't rhyme anymore. And you know, it's following on from art last week. Art has gone before. I tell you what else has gone before. Poetry has gone before. Poems don't rhyme anymore. I tell you now, right? I can remember. I can remember poems I learned 15 years ago. I wonder lonely as a cloud or higher veil of hills when all at once I saw a crowd of host of golden daffodils. And I tell you why I remember it. Because it rhymes but you know the, the way the world has gone ant can be art today and absolutely ant can be art today you know i tell you something right i can i can fart and uh we could call it art fart art and it's already two steps ahead all the other shite that's coming out today because it f-ing rhymes now is the perfect time to introduce roisin for cheryl roisin is a nutritionist she's a ladies footballer she's a a person who travels the world. She's a marine conservationist. Roisin, it's a real pleasure to have you on Paper Tuesdays, episode six. Delighted to be here. And it's like coming in at the end of a storm. That was the flash flood there. What do you think of our flash floods? Do you know, I agree with him in fairness about the rhyming, but I have one particular poem in mind when it comes to this where rhyme can be a bit of an issue. Do you remember Little Miss Muffet? Yeah. Do you know Little Miss Muffet sat in her tuffet? Yeah. Like, what the hell is a tuffet? Like, what child is known what a tuffet is? That's what I thought. Whenever I listened to this when I was younger, I just imagined like a woman like sitting on a pile of a turf or grass or something eating yeah. her curds. Me, but I actually looked it up and like a tuffet is like a footstool with no legs. Wow! So like it sounds a lot better than Little Miss Muffet sat in her footstool with no legs. Both <laughs> <laughs> the reader will be confused. Like who's got no legs? The, the stool or Little Miss Muffet? Yeah. If they read that, like. Yeah. But, but yeah, so rhyming saves confusion. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point. Tough, it sounds like a big good. It does, it? yeah. 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 Or a big pile of turf or grass or something. Yeah. I have to point out, I love with the flash flood how when he said it, when you listen to it first, when he uses poetry first, I thought he said poultry. That's what poultry. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I oh, did too. <laughs> really? Chickens. What's, what's wrong with the whole chicken? And you actually keep hens, isn't that right? Busy, yeah. Single mother to two pet hens. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> Mark, your views on poetry? See, I listened to James' tone of voice and I could tell he was upset that he got, he didn't get a poem the week I wrote a poem. And being quite a poet myself, I wrote a little sonnet for James. But now, before I start, James, I didn't have a lot of time. I was busy. So I, you only get one verse and it's not actually about you. So he probably will stop listening now. Um, so it was about James's love life, as I spoke about yours previously, Michael. Yeah? Yeah, so, but this is from the point of view of James's lover. Ah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just begin if I should. There was a young lady named Katie, who had been feeling quite brutish lately. She sought out my friend James, who in her defence claims, will gift her a very hairy baby. It's very romantic. Thanks. Yeah. Very romantic. I'm sure, Roshan, you might not know this, but he, he has, he's a very hairy person, James Flood, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Yeah. He takes off his t-shirt and he's wearing a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> 
stomach. That would suit me. I have a severe phobia of stubble. Beards, I don't mind, but you know when it's kind of coming out and just like stubble, I just hate it so much. It's, it's like the fear of all the holes. Do you ever see the, like the bottom oh, of someone's yeah. foot and it has all the holes yeah. in it? That was great. I used to know people who hated that and I used to send it to them and they blocked me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry, I, I'm, I'm torn with James this week. Like, I, I like it rhyming. Sometimes it's not, you know, it's all right not knowing. You want um, to paint the right picture in the imagination. Roisin. Nail on the head. If it doesn't rhyme, is it not a story than a poem? Yeah. But yet Heaney wasn't a, an essayist. He was a poet, you know, and not all of his stuff really rhymed, did it? Or made sense. Ooh. I don't remember. Do you pay attention? <laughs> I'm trying to remember your names. <laughs> but like, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul, that sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. What's that, Mark? A poem. Yeah. By <laughs> no, that's Dickinson. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, how can you put a price on that? How can you say, oh, it's not good enough, it doesn't rhyme, you know? Mm. It sort of rhymes though, like it sounded nice when you said it there. I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Dickinson, dark, revealing. Who's your favourite poet, Roshi? Wouldn't you understand? Mark Halpin now, he'd uh, be very impressive. Lyrical, lyrical genius. Yeah. So... It's about time we got on to you, Roisin, and everything in your life. I suppose you did study, what did you study in UCD? Uh, human nutrition. Yeah. Finished so there two years ago now at this stage, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's your primary love, would that be right? It is. <laughs> it yeah. is and it isn't. It is, uh, I find it super interesting, you know, like the effect that food has on your body. And like not just what you can see, like, you know, it doesn't just affect your weight, it affects like your mood, your mental health, your immunity cognition brain health the way you act like it just affects everything like but um at the same time it is quite a frustrating area to be in because there's so much conflicting like just conflicting opinions out there that has just isn't backed up and like you know even scroll on instagram and stuff and people has like different nutritional advice by like people who obviously aren't qualified and stuff and it just it is quite frustrating to be in but it's a great area at the same time three myths that you have about nutrition. Food. Yeah. Oh God. Um you need meat. <laughs> Ooh. Mark. Go. Can I interject Fire. here? Uh, I'm not gonna give you <laughs> any uh, I know I'm not gonna argue or anything like that, but I'm just giving something that I done. Yeah. You're gonna hate this. Go ahead. I uh, only meat for two months already this year. For the past two years I've done it, I'd say in total six months. And now I'm not claiming that this is right. I'm not a doctor, it's probably bad for me. Mm-hmm. But I actually felt great on it. Right. And people are obviously um, promoting it and stuff, but I don't think I should do that because I don't think it's a good thing. All I right. just think I felt better with zero carbs. At the minute, I'm not. I'm eating carbs, but there definitely is something to it to not eating carbohydrates. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I probably there's definitely deficiencies. Yeah. Within so I I always took multivitamins when I was doing it. Yeah. And I'd always take fish oil and things like that. But I definitely did find that my mood was consistently good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my energy was stable throughout the day, and I slept better. It's a fair point. I suppose every everyone's different, but like, I suppose how long do you do that for? Two months. Two months this year already. Yeah, I done it for March and April. Great. Um, I suppose like, do you know any, like qualified nutritionist or dietitian that has like your best, your health at their best interest, like will kind of, say that you should kind of reduce your processed meat and red meat, for example. Like I know some people are different and like they choose to do that, but like the scientific evidence behind that, just like. Obviously, there is deficiencies and stuff, you know, like meat naturally contains like no fiber, no prebiotics, no vitamin C, no vitamin A, no antibiotics, no antioxidants, none like that. Like, but 
And not only that, like meat is obviously like the highest contributor to saturated fat in the Irish diet. Like it's really high dose cholesterol, which can lead to like heart disease and stuff. And like, do you know, it's it's a hard subject to approach because a lot of people are kind of like brought up from a young age thinking that you need meat for, do you know, like to be big and strong and stuff. And I suppose it's kind of a tough subject kind of thing because a lot of people are brought up like to like it as such. Just on that, like some things like five a day, the, these type of things are drilled into us from a young age. Then bones yeah. and bones need calcium. Yeah. Like dairy, is there such an importance on dairy? Or yes, yeah, so that's the thing. Like there's loads of different sources of calcium. Like you don't just need dairy. Does that make sense? But like everyone just thinks, oh, calcium equals dairy and you need this. But like you don't. Like, you no know, tofu, that has more calcium than a glass of milk. That people aren't. I'm not. I'm, oh, I'm vegetarian, but... And kind of just like more sustainable kind of thing. Do you know, I do okay. it for the environment, obviously for ethical reasons as well, but mainly for the environment. So like I don't eat avocados either because they're oh. quite bad for the environment as well. And I don't, I try not to eat, you know, palm oil. It's in like peanut butter and stuff because that's really bad for the environment too. So like I don't eat meat or fish, but you know, I don't just look at it as like anti-meat. I look at it for like what's good for the planet and what's good for the environment and is it hard to shop like that? Is it? It isn't. Once you kind of get used to reading labels and like knowing kind of what the effect of each thing is, it honestly isn't hard at all. And it's not hard to eat. It. Like I do all the cooking at home and like there's seven people in my house, you know, and I is wouldn't really consume? tell them. No, well, not for me. Maybe at start, maybe it could right, be like. Right, start. But it's a lifestyle choice. It is, yeah. Do you know, it's not for everyone, obviously, and people have their own little... Um, like food choice is obviously a personal thing like yeah. but um but yeah no it's, it's not difficult at all and like the difference you make is very significant like so that's why i do it anyway you know everyone to their own but that's why vegan gains vegans that's why you need to go on that one of the big questions actually coming into this interview rushing was i was thinking there is something more and i'm glad you kind of answered it that like how do you go from marine conservation to um you know nutrition and all and i i did th- like that's the that's the chain beneath it that you you think we need to what do you think we need to respond to the world Um, in a different way now i suppose like i just i grew up like you know watching david attenborough and like planet earth and you know sylvia earl she's like an ocean ocean oceanographer she's an american like diver she's like really famous for like marine conservation i grew up watching them and i suppose you kind of come to a stage i think it was my late teens and i was like do you know if I care so much about something or why don't I just actually do something about it so I just kind of looked into like how you can actually you know even just like simple you know, like your food choice isn't something you'd really remember. like I don't remember what I ate yesterday like you know so it's just something that you can do every day that kind of makes a big difference not just like it's not just about the environment like it's just about you know like obviously like like climate change and stuff affects people around the world and like there's more disasters like people in Africa or like the, the, the drought and food shortage and you know, like what we do in Ireland affects that. So I just kind of wanted to do something just to kind of help them, do you know. But I just think people as a whole, they're just like very like disconnected. And like you go into a shop, everything is nicely packaged. And you don't ever think, where was this food before I bought it? Or like what process, what process had to go into this food before I bought it? You just go home, cook it, and that's great. Like, But if you actually look into like the effect each food has, like... It's crazy if you actually look into it like I just dug myself into a hole in my late teens and I was like here look I just need to do something to help you know because you can't travel everywhere you can't volunteer everywhere you can't make that much of a difference with just one person but like if you just change your diet your 
even your habits every day like you know it just makes a big difference Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Like that's, that, that's, that's very commendable that you're actually like most people change their diet to help themselves. Yeah. You're help changing your diet to help other people. Yeah, but like in like I just kind of obviously like when looking at nutrition, like I know it's easier for me, like and it is quite naive for me to say like, oh, like you have to do this, like save the planet. But like I know what to eat to stay healthy kind of thing. Whereas if people want to like save the environment and save the future, blah, 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 whatever. But if they want to be healthy, it's harder for them because they don't have nutritional guidance. So I just thought like I'm, you know, I kind of know what to eat to keep myself healthy. So why don't I do that while, like, why don't I become healthier while helping the planet as well? Like, it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. And you're being yourself throughout it all. Like, you're not trying to be someone else. You're just doing whatever appeals to you, whether it's yoga on a beach, whether it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, diving. You, you um, do diving in Ireland? I do, yeah. Actually, that's actually something, yeah. Do you know you think you need to go abroad to do, like, diving and stuff? Like, yeah. I actually, I went diving a few times now, do you know, Docky Island near Dublin. Right. And do you know, do you, know you go to Court Town and stuff, and you look out at the sea and it's just like water. You're just like, oh, there's nothing there. Like, I mean to say the amount of stuff that was in Docky. I saw two sharks. Wow. There is a, a catfish and the blue shark which is one of the most common ones in ireland and then obviously you can't you can't speak underwater so your man was signaling to me look at this big lobster and i was looking i was like where the hell is the lobster he's on about is behind the rock but like it was the rock it was just like a massive like three foot lobster it was just huge so there's loads of stuff to see in the irish waters like it's class the west coast of ireland i think is one of the best places in the world because it's just on the edge of the european shelf so i don't know if you see you know the the Baskin shark video. Did you see that last yeah. week? In Clare. Yeah. Class. There's all that stuff out there. Like, you know, you don't need to go abroad to have fun in the sea. Mark, sharks? Sharks? Yes, please. <laughs> no, I was just, when Roshan was talking there, you can also see Matt Damon in Docky at the minute, I believe. Oh, I think he's gone now. Is he's he? He's gone, is he? Yeah. With a super know. value bag of cans. Did you know? I see that. I, see, uh, I heard it on the radio in Australia. Did you? about Matt Damon being stuck in Docky in Dublin. They flew over teachers as well with kids. Seen that because he wrote no an way. article, yeah. He was like, Maybe he's still there, Matt. If you're listening, let us know. Come on, let's <laughs> And just getting back to the idea of you being yourself like, you've you travel, you love yeah, traveling, yeah. Um, I think I started when in my late teens as well, um, just kind of going on like solo trips and stuff. Um, do you know, you're not going to please everyone going on a big group trip and. Stuff. So I was like, here, look, this is something I want to do. So my first trip was actually to Greece um, when I was 19. It was a sea turtle conservation trip when in Greece. Wow. I was there for a month. And um, I was like at the end of nesting season and start of hatching season. So our job basically... You know when that is back, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, July, I think it was. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Thursday. <laughs> but um, it was a... Uh, so basically our jobs, obviously like the, 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 the female turtles like come up at night to lay their eggs. So our job was to go down at like 5am, just check any of the beaches for like turtle tracks before like the sunbathers came out. And if we saw like turtle tracks, we'd see if there's a nest there, if there was a nest there. We'd like mark it off, make sure no tourists went by. Like these beaches would be 10 times busier than Court Town. Like and the turtles, like not that they're stupid, well they kind of are, but like not that they're stupid, but they don't realise there's actual humans on the island yet. So they get confused and... They like get stuck in sun loungers and stuck in tennis nets and all that kind of crack. So basically our job was just kind of to make sure all the eggs were safe because um, at the moment there is like a big problem with like turtles and stuff in the world because like the gender of the turtle egg is determined by temperature. 
So when we were over there, it was loggerhead turtles I was working with. So it was 27 degrees was like the optimum temperature for like an equal ratio of males to females. But like with the sands heating up with like climate change, everything's turned female. So like even if it's like a well-developed male egg, like if it's two weeks to go hatching and it gets really hot, it just turns female. So like all the eggs being hatched are like female. (laughs) What? You're gonna, but yeah. So um, it was interesting. And only like one in a thousand turtle egg, only one in a thousand hatchling, actually makes it to adulthood. So like I think the year I was was 2016, and we got like eight thousand turtle eggs. But like we're only gonna get eight turtles out of that, and they might all be female. Like so, there'd be no eggs the next year. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's when you think about it, like you know, you would never think like oh. No, you just, when you see turtles, you just think of like plastic straws, but like that is just not, that's not the issue. Like, it's just that there's no, there's that, turtles. but there's also the effort that goes into it. Like, you yeah. know, like it's just not, for eight turtles. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. And when did you go to Africa? I went to Africa then it was my, I think it was, that was my next trip. It was, um, 2018 it was, uh, it was to see the safaris and stuff. Um, and then I was also going to, um, that was in Kruger. I was flying at Johannesburg, went to Kruger. Um, I wanted to go then to Swaziland, Zululand and Mozambique and then fly home again. Um, once again, by myself. So uh, <laughs> that was eventful to say the least. Anyway, it's um, it's funny looking back on it now, but maybe it wasn't so funny at the time. A bit of a rocky, a rocky trip to South Africa. Right. So I was stopping off. I was flying to London first and then I was getting connected and flight to Johannesburg. Yeah. And... Uh, my flight from Dublin to London was delayed by like an hour. And so I missed my connecting flight in um, in London, Johannesburg. So I had to wait there for a few extra hours, which was fine. And then there was like a fire or something in the airport. And so flights were delayed even more. And everyone just run around everywhere. It was just, it was like something out of a movie. Like it was just crazy. And then I finally got to a delayed flight. And I was sitting beside um, this guy. I think he was from Israel. I don't know. I think you're just chatting away to someone like when you're beside them on the plane. But like it was an eight hour flight and I was chatting away to this guy and about halfway through the flight, he just got up and got down on one knee and started proposing. And I was there groggy. I didn't have my contact lens in. So I saw it was like, a, a, yeah, well. like a skin colored blur, just like chatting to me about like proposing. And I was there like groggy and I was like, what? But the worst thing was all the air hostesses thought we were together and they were like clapping and they were like, oh my God. And I was just like, fucking hell, like sit down. I was like, no. And he just kind of sat down with sheepishly and I'd sit there for the next four hours. Like, did that happen? <laughs> so that, that was that. And then I finally got a very disheveled Rofitz, got to Johannesburg by herself. And then I realized there was no bag. So I had no bag. And then I was like, right, okay, well, look, we'll just see how we get on. And then I realized my phone charger was in my bag. I didn't have anything except the clothes I was wearing and a suitcase, not a suitcase, a, a backpack full of um, malaria medication. That's all I had. And I was like, right. So I was like, I think I kind of remembered the address I was supposed to stay at. So I, would, I went to the car park at the airport to get a taxi. Didn't have a bag to put in the taxi, so I just hopped in, whatever. And then I was in there two seconds and then the driver got pulled out by these two guys. And I was like, right, the taxi's been hijacked. This is fucking great. So then I was kind of like, you know, the Homer Simpsons mean, where you're like backside through the hedge. Yeah. I was literally like that. <laughs> because like, I didn't have a bag to get out. So I was like, right, I'm just like leaving the situation. So I exited that taxi. Anyway, two hours later, finally got to my hotel. And like at the meantime, like I don't think my dad was 
very thrilled to be going by myself to Johannesburg to start with and I was texting like yeah everything is great like it's so nice here <laughs> so I got to the hotel anyway that was grand um didn't really know what I was doing and then I met this Australian girl about an hour later and I was like oh she's nice we gone well we ended up getting a room together and just traveling around Africa for like three weeks <laughs> together and we're still really good friends to this day oh, wow. she's meant to actually visit me but uh, she couldn't because of coronavirus so oh my gosh yeah it's funny from that trip though you definitely learned independence i did yeah like it's funny listening to that but at the time i was just kind of like this is where i die like, this is <laughs> this is the end like <laughs> it was um it was an experience anyway to say the least but uh yeah it was funny now and all of this experience comes from growing up in Cloney. how many people live in Cloney? Um, I know I have tough questions. Sorry, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think now how much uh, houses there is, but uh, not a lot, I'd say. Yeah, that's fair to say. Near Camolan. Near Camolan, yeah, that's it. Out of this small place comes a really talented senior football, ladies senior football team, correct? Yeah, fair enough. We actually started back training there last week and um, social distancing was going on, as you can uh, imagine. But no, no, there wasn't at all. There was like 50 of us. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take the limelight from the women, but there is another notable crony resident that I think we have to bring up. Jigger Brown, the referee. <laughs> yeah. And his moustache. And his moustache. But another underrated quality, his milk bottle legs. You know, he's a talented referee altogether yeah, as well. <laughs> but he, you know, he leads to the free-flowing nature of Crony as well. You know, you know, he wouldn't be harsh as a referee. He'd let play flow. Would you agree, Roshi? Yeah, we do get him for a good pra- few practice matches, and he's a uh, yeah, he's good. She knows all our names like off the heart, so it's not very fair to the opponent team. <laughs> at the same time, yeah, he's and do you know why he's called Jigger? No, I actually don't. Oh. I Little Miss Tuffet and Jigger Brown. We'll f- maybe on Instagram at Paper Tuesdays we'll get yeah, the answers to those questions. We <laughs> <laughs> you were saying about your plan for the professional style workshops for businesses oh, because yeah, businesses yeah. love this. And actually, this is something that Mark will um, have a view on as well. I know because uh, the you know we're we're in this kind of culture where it's nine to five and yeah. you sit at the desk all day even I'm guilty of it I eat at my work desk um, every day you know so you're in this rigid frame of mind hunched over looking at that screen and very little mobility take a place only maybe if you're wearing your apple watch and it beeps to tell you to stand up Um, what do you think of all of this Um, I just know from my own experience working in an office um, in the past like you know when you're in when you're in the office you always plan your life for like outside work but then you forget that like you're in there for like most of your life I think there's like 230 days of the year you're always wow. in work, you know, yeah. and that's most of your day. Like, you know, if you're up really early, especially you don't like you, like you obviously have to commute, commute to work and stuff. Yeah. So you don't like your day doesn't start at nine. Your day starts before that. And then you get mm. home and you might be too tired to do this or do that. And you know, your, your whole life is basically work like for a lot of people. I just think that, you know, if people looked after themselves in work or even like looked after themselves outside of work, it would benefit themselves. In work, like, you know, like take you for, as for example, like mobility and stuff. You know, like if you're sitting down at the desk all day, like your hips get like extremely stiff. Mark, you had the similar experience when you were working in the office yeah. for a year or two there. Yeah, I, I hated it. I just, my eyesight went bad. Yeah. I, I was bent over in the shape of a question mark. I was constant tension on my shoulders. But like, and ever since I left that job, I don't need glasses anymore. Really? But yeah, I stopped working in office in february right oh, full time 
and ever since then my eyesight has come back i have no pains around like that i don't stretch that much i exercise every day i do light stretching mm-hmm. but at, at, like and then i went out i was farming for five months and then i'm back lifting furniture again all day and i don't like my body is far you'd think that doing physical work your body be more sore yeah but it's not like if you're yeah. stationary all day i think it's really bad for you just your mental state your physical state your eyesight everything it's not natural it's not no, that human beings are supposed to be it's working not. like my father is 58 and he's been do lifting furniture his whole life like he's never sat behind a desk and he's like he looks mm-hmm. 10 years younger than i just think the people that like have a long-term job in that state mm, yeah yeah exactly like the imagine the effect it would have on them and their health and as yeah. they get older like obviously they're gonna have more back problems more hip problems they're just gonna be stiff and and if you were playing GAA as well, you're sitting down at a desk all day. Not, yeah. not only that, say, right, I'm commuting to Dublin every day yeah. to work in an office. I'm driving there for two hours, then I'm sitting down for nine hours, and I'm driving for another two, and then I'm going to get up and play GAA. Yeah, exactly. You know that, like, you're, you're just going to get injured. Yeah, and GAA players as it is, like, they're very prone to stiff hips as well mm. because of, like, the, the demands of the sport, trying to like, quick twist and turn, acceleration, especially on, like, young developing hips from a young age because mm. they're already prone they're already like at risk of like hip stiffness and all the problems that come along with that like and then to be working in an office as well that's just going to lead to so much more problems you know yeah what i noticed from both of you chatting there is that yes the focus is on you know the the physical uh, nature of it like you know the, the 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 impact of the muscles and all but generally i think both of you feel is that it's not the way life is to life should be for people what startles you most about like what was sugar or what food you're like oh my gosh people ingest that like uh, what strikes your core most <laughs> um yeah i'm trying not to say that i'm not offended but i don't yeah. represent red meat I, just, <laughs> yeah. I ate only that for a while and now yeah. i don't i actually ate blueberries just... today oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting defensive here about <laughs> no, it's okay. Um I don't know, I just think it's very important that people like actually understand what they're eating. Do you know, like I think okay. like I'm not gonna go back to the whole meat thing, but yeah. like for example, I'm not saying it, but like for example, people are brought up thinking that meat equals protein and like this is great, but like they don't see it for the other things, you know. I think that's what like a lot of snacks as well. Do you know, a lot of people say to me, for example, like, Oh, what are you doing eating all that fruit and all the sugar in it? Like and you're kind of thinking, well, no, like the sugar isn't the same as the sugar you put in your tea. Like it's a completely different form of sugar and they affect the body in completely different ways. Okay. So I just think like people see like one like food or nutrient and stuff and think everything has the same effect. And this is good. This is bad. This is not good. Like you shouldn't be eating this, but like it's completely down to individual and the particular food. Like, do you know? And what are the best ways to learn about this? Like, obviously you went to college, you yeah. know, inside out, you know, these are just. I suppose like it is hard for like just someone who obviously doesn't have like that kind of background because you know you're so influenced by what you hear you're so influenced by like joe down the road who tried this diet and it worked for him and it might not work for you like do you know like everyone is just really really different (laughs) are you picking on mark (laughs) 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 but like is there an instagram page is there a book is there a no probably not but everyone talks about it and everyone well if you want to follow my instagram right go ahead and do that if you want yeah um, good place to start good place to start but yeah i think it's just like if you are looking at like nutrition behind foods it just get a very 
like decent source and make sure it's actually backed up like it's not just like daily mail or cosmopolitan magazines and stuff like you know that gives a lot of stuff about that mm. we just stick to the basics like everyone knows you know like for lunch and stuff like you probably shouldn't be eating chocolate or sugary stuff and like jellies or crisps and stuff but they're fine every now and then and completely up to the individual like if you hadn't eaten anything anything else all day like they're completely fine but do you know like for your own health like they're obviously not the best snack to consume like to keep you during the day that'll cause mm-hmm. like you know like jellies and stuff like i see a lot of people eating where i used to work and they just cause like complete like sugar crash and then like knock your cognition for the day you won't perform well in the evening you get like hungrier and that just leads to like more snacking and like more eating that you won't actually need yeah. and won't fill you up that's a solid example yeah. that's why i don't like the ifym if it fits your macros and stuff i yeah. know i know about calories in calories out but i don't subscribe to it i'd say in my whole life i spent two weeks total counting calories yeah i just don't do it because i eat feel good and i train to feel exactly good. Yeah. but what everyone says on instagram and it's all you see is 80 20 yeah. count your calories it, it's not sustainable no. and it's not healthy i don't think it's healthy it's to not. count your calories like i have you ever tried using my fitness pal yes it it's is ridiculously so stupid, like, misleading yes i think i i went i just typed in like my like requirements and stuff and measurements just to see what it would tell me mm. it told me i needed 1200 calories every oh my day gosh. which is ridiculous and people like live by this yeah and they're counting the numbers like oh i can only have five more calories yeah or, i have like 10 more grams of protein or that you need to run around for an hour to be able to eat this because it doesn't fit into your calories it's, not, it's, just it's not, actually unhealthy it's, it just leads to so much disordered eating and mm. like especially for young girls and young men as well like l- listen to this and looking at my fitness pal and relying heavily on these figures do you know like because i know from experience like even people in college like they're obsessed with like calories and they go out and they try to guess how much calories are in the food in a restaurant yeah because obviously they don't make it themselves and it's just there's not a healthy way to live no like, so know? much investment yeah. in it yeah um so just stick to the basics you know increase your fruit and veg let's stick to high fiber options that keep your society satiety and keep you fuller for longer just like just stick, you know like there's no absolute rule that you can't eat this and you can't eat that but like everyone's different but you know like counting calories isn't really the answer Roisin, you've encapsulated that. You're a fountain of knowledge. Thanks a million. Well, I've learned a lot from Roisin, I have to say. I've learned she makes fantastic cookies that she brought here. <laughs> and I've probably also learned that behind every Instagram post, there's a lot more in life, you know, that maybe there's a whole different lens of where someone's coming from, like their experience on the world, why they, why they are interested in things. And that's something to ponder. No, I have a serious one this week. I actually learned Ooh. about the turtles. Yeah. Becoming yeah. temperature dependent. Getting yeah. hot flushes. So Yeah, that's fair that's enough. Uh, Roisin, what have you learned this week? Um, I have learned that Mark is an aspiring young poet. Uh, accomplished would be accomplished. accomplished, not aspiring. He'll be accomplished by episode seven comes around. Mark, Roisin, it's been such a pleasure to be in your company and Robbie on sound. Um who knows when we'll have you back i think we'll have you back sometime roisin and um yeah it's just been a treat to have you here <laughs> thanks very uh, much 100 thanks very much for coming no on, problem roisin. thank you